Before we get into our exclusive interview with the coach of Trinity Lacrosse, Coach Dave Heisey, we're going to get into a full baseball preview of every top three placer from each division, the Commonwealth Division, the Capital Division, the Keystone, and the Colonial Divisions for baseball. So let's get right into that, starting with the Commonwealth Division. The third place finisher out of the Commonwealth is the Central Dolphin Rams. A lot is riding on CD for the coming season, but just one of their top three players for the Rams. They're all seniors, and just one is committed, Christian Fultz, who's heading to Messiah, while Braden Mosby and Zach Winrich are being recruited. They are not committed yet. A lot is riding on Central Dolphin to have a good season. Uh, Redland is... Uh, the second place finisher, even though Benny Montgomery ended up being the talk of most around the mid-pen for his eighth overall selection in the MLB draft, it isn't forgotten that Caden Pfeiffer had a incredible postseason in the state tournament. Uh, Redland should once again have a powerhouse team, as they usually do, with two pitchers to rotate, Pfeiffer and Christian Lubick. Brady Ebert is also known as one of the great uh, one of the great hitters around the division. Redland should be more than all right heading into the season, and the uh, champion of the Commonwealth Division predicted is the Cumberland Valley Eagles. They're off to a wonderful start over uh, Northern on Friday evening. Logan Salve is the predicted. Division MVP while committed to play at the next level at West Virginia. Brady Grimes, a junior, and Jason Marjorak, a senior, will be the two top aces for the team. Marjorak started against Northern and pitched a complete game, a game where 18 pitches is all that was necessary to get through the first three innings of the affair against Northern. We move to the Capital Division, where the number three placer are the East Penn Panthers, who I know are going up against the Camp Hill Lions this week. It's a game that's scheduled for Monday, but weather may uh, move that game. We'll see, because uh, this is going to be a wacky weather week in, in the mid-pen. East Penn had two players on their first on the first team for Mid-Pen Capital last year, but both of them are no longer in-house because they graduated, and now one, Michael Morales, is wearing a Seattle Mariners jersey instead of an East Penn jersey. East Penn is also without Andrew Swenson and Ryan Stover due to injury, which is why they fall to third on this list, because uh, realistically about five or six of their starters are going to be out, and it's unclear whether Stover and Swenson are going to be out for the whole season, but it is mentioned that they will miss quite a bit of time. Um, number two on the list is the Trinity Shamrocks. Trinity has a deep team. They're going to be an issue for opponents, which is why this division was certainly the hardest to predict. Trinity has so many options on the mound with so many dis different directions to tap into. Ethan Peffer was pretty pretty reliable in the playoffs. I know we had Mike Adu on here, which he said that he would certainly think about leaning on himself as the most reliable pitcher, and I know Josh McCombs will be an issue for opponents as well. Uh, as long as these guys can get the bats going, they will have uh, a, a wonderful season and give the Capital Division a run for their money. And number one is the Camp Hill Lions. I know Trinity 
does have a good team, but I think Camp Hill's bats all around will propel them to some good wins along the way, not to mention the games that are pitched by Luke Paris will be hopefully won almost every time. Luke Paris was a lights-out pitcher in the playoffs. Christian Doy came alive in the playoffs, and I think those guys can keep the momentum going into this year. I know they're excited to play, and uh, I believe that they'll be quite all right this season. We move to our third out of four divisions, and this is the Keystone uh, Lower Dolphin is number three. They're gearing up for a huge turnaround from last year's 3-11 and 11 season. Brayden Landis leads the team as a senior pitcher and outfielder. Lower Dolphin is sharing the love this season with starters ranging everywhere age-wise from seniors to freshmen. And Ethan Woods will share a similar role as Landis as a top arm and a top bat. Paul Myra is number two. Jacob Deemling hit a uh, 323 average last season. He returns to the team for one final year before he heads to York College for four more years on the diamond. Paul Myra lost six games last season. The Keystone Division can be tough, so this year will be a big year for the newcomers since the Tigers have four of their key players as underclassmen. And leading the division, the Keystone, Jeff Luigi and the Mechanicsburg Wildcats. Jeff Luigi of Mechanicsburg is without a doubt my preseason MVP. By the way, stay tuned for more about Luigi on episode 4. As a sophomore, he's already committed to play at Duke. Um, early commitments are common in baseball, but you have, more than, you have to be more than a great player to be committed at a Power 5 school. Uh, before you even start your second year of your high school season, uh, there's definitely something special there. Luke Morgan should also be able to make some uh, some of the fielders' jobs easy while Morgan mans the mound. Uh, so Mechanicsburg wins the Keystone. And finally, the Colonial Division. Uh, Greencastle is the third-place finisher in the Colonial Junior shortstop slash pitcher Carter Reed will leave the will lead the Blue Devils of Greencastle to hopefully make the district championship just like the Blue Devils of Duke on the hardwood are trying to reach the national championship in March Madness. Uh, Greencastle fell a tad short of the championship game last season. Reed drove in 14 runs last year, finishing with a 277 average. Number two is Shippensburg. Greyhounds, uh, Ship has only gained since last year's dead even 10 and 10 season. Specifically, they'll gain two newcomers from JV Diversity, Troy Chamberlain and Landon Carball. Chamberlain is on the uh, Prep Baseball Report Pennsylvania Players to Watch list for sophomores, the only Greyhound on any of the PBR watch lists. And finally, the champion of the Colonial Division is the Northern Polar Bears. Northern made the 5A District Championship last season, which was a mid-pen affair in which they lost to Redland. Tommy Molsky is a major loss for the Bears, and Molsky is now in State College pitching for the Nittany Lions. Northern still has two pitchers to take care of business, Josh Sullivan and Garrett Weber. Timmy Bonin, a junior infielder, is also going to be a menace. Committed to Merrimack, I think Bonin should be in the conversation to be the division preseason MVP, which according to Penn Live, it is Maddox Brooks from Waynesboro. 
So to keep the March Madness references going, the final four, the champions of each division, are Northern from the Colonial Division, Mechanicsburg from the Keystone, Camp Hill from the Capitol, and Cumberland Valley from the Commonwealth. Then that's your uh, preseason uh, little look at each team from the Minpen Baseball. Uh, now we shift gears to the other spring sport, lacrosse. The Trinity Boys lacrosse team finished their first game of the season on Friday night, winning by a score of 24-5 to against Hersey Trojans. Uh, this week is a loaded week for the boys lacrosse team as they face Tuesday night at home, Cedar Cliff, Thursday night away, Lower Dolphin, and then Saturday, arguably their hardest game of the season, uh, right up there with Cumberland Valley. They play Mars, who ended their season last year. The Mars fight, Fighting Planets, that is. They'll face them Saturday, at April 2nd at 12.30 p.m. Ahead of all three of those games, I interviewed the head coach of the Trinity Lacrosse team. Here's that interview where I ask him about the Mars game and a lot more exclusively on MidPen Sports Weekly. All right, now we welcome on Coach Heisey, the Trinity Lacrosse coach, onto the podcast. And Coach, thank you for joining us, and congratulations on a big win against Hershey to start your season last night. Thank you. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, it's, I think it's, uh, it's tremendous for, for mid-pen sports. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you always cringe when you open with a, with a team that with the kind of history that, that Hershey has and uh, as the first game of the season. But our, our guys showed up to play last night. Yeah, it was it was definitely an offensive affair for for your guys, and uh, that's kind of where I want to start. After a big win against Hershey last night, what's going to be the message to the team over the week? Since you have three games this week, what's going to be that overall message? Well, you know, sort of uh, what my message was at halftime last night. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a big lead. It's eighteen to one. We're going into uh, running time for the entire second half, and so you know, you don't want the team to be too giddy about uh, the success that they had. So we, we we talked about some adjustments that we had to make, uh, some things that I thought we need to work on: ground balls, uh, some communication skills, uh, and you know, keeping an eye on on the big picture. The that uh, you know, this is a down year for Hershey, and uh, they've got a tremendous coach. They've got a tremendous history. They're very young, and not to take too much out of this, uh, Hershey is not as uh, as weak as they they appeared last night, and we're not as dominant as we appeared to be last night. So I, I think you know, and that's hard after a win like that to, to keep heads. But uh, that's going to be our mission uh, over these next couple of games, and then you know, have a big one coming up uh, the next Saturday. Yeah, a big game next Saturday against Mars, and and uh, based off of last night's game, it seems that the team kind of based some of their performance off of momentum early in the game. Do you think that winning games midweek against Cedar Cliff and Lower Dolphin will kind of bring momentum into Saturday's Mars game? Yeah, I think that the, the, the guys have had a circle. We've played Mars twice in states, and they, they beat us both times. And last year was particularly disappointing because we got off to a slow start. Uh, they were 22-0 and 0 going into the state championship game, so they were, uh, you know, had won 20, 21 games or something like that before they played us, and they were 
an awesome team from Pittsburgh. And we had a pretty good season. We only lost uh, to one team uh, during the regular season. And, uh, you know, so the the slow start against a quality opponent like that, and, and it, it doomed us the first time we played them back in uh, 2019. Um so I think the guys have taken away that we can't afford to come out uh, lethargic against them. Um, you know, I think last year we played Shady Side, another tremendous team from Pittsburgh, and we jumped on them early uh, and often were able to hold off and win that game by a goal at the end. And, and I think that our guys are going to be ultra-focused uh, coming into that game. It's a Saturday game. We seem to be excited to play on Saturdays. Uh, so, you know, I think that we look at, uh, at Cedar Cliff and as a, you know, it's a, a conference game. It's uh, it's a local rival uh, and uh, we've had some success against them and, and you really got to look at these these next two games. First of all, preserving our, our because both of these are division games, uh, both us. Uh, Cedar Cliff and Lower Dolphin and keep our focus first of all we got to take care of business in our division we can't look ahead to uh, Mars but we the things that I, I mentioned last night you know ground balls communication skills uh, taking uh, taking direction from the sideline uh, when we give it are things that we're going to have to focus on in practice uh, and in the uh, the two games we have this week yeah and a follow up question for that you had a uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't play Mars in the regular season last year. You only met them in the state tournament. Correct. So did you? was that something that you or somebody else purposely scheduled to play Mars in the regular season this year to see him again? Yeah, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because I, their coach, Bob Marco, is a, is a great guy. I have a lot of respect for him. He's done a tremendous job with that program. And we've sort of become... Uh, you know, long distance buddies. Uh, we communicate regularly uh, through social media and, and text and so forth. And um, he, he and I got talking after the season, and uh, you know, they got a little bit of slack uh, for not playing out of their area as as we did as well from some some quarters. And so we both said, and originally our idea was, our plan was to play in state college, so it'd be sort of a, a midway point. And uh, logistically, things didn't work out this year, so the game got. Trinity, um, but yeah, I think it was very conscious on both of our parts. Uh, the first time we played them, uh, we had uh, we had two uh, lightning delays, so it was like three trips to Pittsburgh to play one game. And by the time we got there, I, I think that you know we had senioritis with our older guys, and we just didn't show up. But they were very very hungry. Um, and last year, uh, it got off to a slow start. We started coming back late in the game, but it was too little, too late. And I think we're we're pretty evenly matched uh, as opponents, uh, you know, from the standpoint of, uh, you know, they've got some really high quality players. They've got uh, three Division One commits on their team. Uh, they have uh, a 90 goal scorer from last year, Cersei uh, uh, Wesley Cersei, who was Player of the Year in the Whippeo last year. Uh, you know, and, and we had Drew Godfrey last year, and and now we've got. Uh, a really balanced attack uh, this year and a, and, a, and a pretty potent offense that moves the ball really well. And I think it's, it's a great matchup because I think they do a lot of things similar to what we do, and they've had the upper hand the, the previous times we've played them. Yeah, they, they've got they've got two games this week as as to your guys. And are those ty- are those the type of things that you keep an eye on over the week? Or are you really just focused on what you what your team's doing? 
Oh, you know, I got to be honest with you. I was like, I, I they played fine Richland last, Richland last night and won eighteen to two, and, and I've watched the game already this morning, so I, <laughs> I keep an eye on it as well as I do. You know, we're we're pretty uh, focused on 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 game film uh, from upcoming opponents, and uh, you know, the, the, our defense coordinator DJ Healy does a tremendous job breaking down what the other team's offense does and gets our guys ready. But yeah, so I, I'm I'm looking ahead in some aspects but i'm also looking you know at what we have in front of us so i was curious it's saturday we're off tomorrow um so you know i had a little bit of time but you know this afternoon our focus turns to, to see cliff and seeing what they did yesterday and, and sort of breaking down what, what they have and, and you know what to expect from them and then you know on because Tuesday, Tuesday night, you know, at about ten o'clock, our focus turns to Lower Dolphin. Uh, very familiar with them. Bob Miller uh, from Lower Dolphin played for me at Harrisburg Academy, and he was an assistant coach for me at, at, at uh, Trinity uh, before he started his head coaching career. So there's a lot of familiarity there. Yeah, I, and uh, to shift gears a little bit, I know it's a big deal that that Cobo Field, your home turf or home field, as right now I should say, it will be your home turf next mm-hmm. year. Uh, and that's that's exactly what I want to ask. It's Cobo Field is going to have turf next season. Does this make a, a change at all in in your lacrosse games? Or, and is it a good or bad thing if it does make a change? I think it's a great thing. Uh, we've been wanting it for a while because we practice. We don't practice on Cobo because of the stress on the on the natural grass. Um, so we practice on a practice field for several years. We practiced at because uh, most of the games we play are on turf uh, and. Uh, we uh, we practice. We used to rent Camp Hills uh, Stadium for practices, and uh, you know it just got to a point where cost wise, uh, it wasn't feasible anymore. So, yeah, I think it's a great thing because we're going to practice on our home field, um, and it gives us some options as far as weather goes. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people have complained of opponents that we we have a, a home field advantage because of our of our grass situation, but really we don't play on it, uh, practice on it, so we only play on it on game days. So we're sort of experiencing the same thing. Things, the same different bounces that, that other teams are and you know I think I, I think more than the, the surface the playing surface uh, you know our students have gotten really behind the team the last couple of years and uh, we I was listening to our video uh, you know last night of our, of our game when, as I'm watching it and there's a lot of noise there that you don't hear in a lot of other places and uh, it's 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 kind of cool and uh, so I think I think Kobo will still be a great home field advantage for us and, and I've been pushing for turf and I think it really will make Kobo you know one of the best lacrosse venues uh, in the area yeah definitely yeah I know a lot of uh, people around Trinity football uh, lacrosse soccer it doesn't matter we're really wanting and pushing for that to that turf field. Uh, to wrap things up, uh, just a, a brief history on you. You've played, you've been in the lacrosse world for a long time. You played um, Harrisburg Academy's lacrosse team in the 70s, and you are the only ever Trinity lacrosse coach. So what drove you, uh, I guess not really back to the lacrosse world, but into the lacrosse world, and what drove you to be Trinity's head coach? Uh, you know, I, I, I tell you when I, I went to, uh, you know, I, I did play at Harrisburg Academy in the seventies and then I, you know, ended up in college in Washington and, um, played a lot of club lacrosse in DC. I played for the Washington lacrosse club. I played for Maryland lacrosse club for a couple of years and, uh, I had some major changes in my life. I hadn't really thought that much about coaching, uh, 
probably 1987, I got talking to coaching a youth team in Vienna, Virginia, and uh, and then I would and you know coached a little bit in some did some volunteer work in, in the D.C. area, and then when I moved back to uh, back to Harrisburg in 1990. Uh, you know, it was uh, one of those things where I ran into my old high school coach, uh, who was still coaching at Harrisburg Academy, and uh, he asked me to be his assistant coach and that was that was 1990 and it's it's been ever since and i had an opportunity after 13 years as an assistant at harrisburg academy to uh coach at, at cd east and that's when uh, dj who played for me at harrisburg academy came along as my defensive coordinator and uh, coached there for two years uh we had a great run there we were, we were like 24 and 9 in two years uh at cd east and had a you know a bunch of great athletes and great kids who are, are now grown men and friends of mine and then uh, I had to leave step away for a year for business reasons and then I, I kind of got uh, pulled back in with Central Dolphin and then Harrisburg Academy had some some down years and their athletic directors and very good friend of mine Gene Serino uh, offered me that the head coaching position and we had just started the uh, the co-op with Trinity and um, uh, it turned out that like 90% of our kids were Trinity kids so they, they moved the team to Trinity they they brought me along uh, the year before DJ and I got there we were uh, 1 in 14 uh, the, the academy was 1 in 14 our first year uh, we went to 6 and 9 and then after that you know we haven't had knock on wood a, a losing season since then and uh, you know I think that we've really built a culture uh, at Trinity and you know uh, at one point we had nine sets of brothers on our team so you know as I jokingly said in an interview that you know some people, teams always talk about being a family we, we take that to a new extreme um, but you know I think that you know as I look at these guys and, and as we've evolved as a program and now we've got some really good players coming in and we have a tremendous freshman class this year uh, it's, it's the environment it's the leadership of the school um, our principal, uh, Mr. Kaminsky, is a huge supporter of our team. He went to Johns Hopkins. He's, he lived across the hall from Dave Petromala. So there's a lot of lacrosse history uh, in a very brief time at Trinity. And, uh, you know, very happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly happy to, as a Camp Hill student, to be able to participate in, in Trinity lacrosse. And it was a fun time last night. And I'm sure it'll be a fun season. And I'm wishing you the best. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it.